This is the King and Badger Show as part of the Monmouth Digital Network. And now, uh, here are your hosts, Coach uh, King Rice uh, and Gary the mm, Badger Koal. Yeah, the ones that hate me the most look just like me. You tell me what that means. Make a slick comment and see what that brings. I've seen it go down. Coming back to you with another episode of the King and Badger Podcast on a winning Friday here in West Long Branch as... I'm joined by head coach King Rice. We come off a win last night. Coach, pumped up to be back here with you. It's great to be here, Badge. Man, that, I haven't had that good feeling in a minute. It's been a, a long couple of weeks, but we got it back last night. Come off a, a win at Fairfield. That will, We'll start off with that. Um, a grinded-out win, tough place to play. But like we talked about a little bit off the air, so nice to see just the relief on our guys and how excited they were to get back in the win calm. Well, it's it's been game, 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 game. And, you know, we, our schedule's more strenuous this last 10 days than an NBA team. And we're not pro players. So these guys have been tremendous. Um, they've been ready for practice every day. They've been coming. They've, they've kept their heads up uh, in a tough situation. And that's why I think we were able to pull together and get the win last night. Um, when you stick together, you know, you don't just do it when things are going great. You got to really stick together when they're going great. But when it's not going great, it's easy to start pointing the fingers. And our group did not do that. And we got it back going in the right direction probably sooner than I thought it could get going in the right direction. And that's a credit to these young men and the work that they've put in. Late in the game down the stretch, uh, kind of our calling card this year has been getting big stops in big spots. Able to do that against Fairfield. What does it look like to you from the sideline when 50 seconds left, they drive the rim, Walker gets a block. 10 seconds left, they're unable to get a three off. What's kind of your philosophy, or not your philosophy, Your your what do you see from the bench in that spot, obviously, when we're coming down the stretch in a big game and need to get a stop? Well, first I'm like, I hope we do what the right call, you know, because sometimes we trap ball screens, sometimes we switch, um, sometimes we go under, sometimes we go over. So I'm I'm always hoping that we do what was called. And on the block, there was a screen set earlier. George's man screen, Miles George didn't switch. So I saw that right away, and I'm like, he's going to score because we didn't switch. And then. The backside of our defense did their job. Shavar came across, and then they, when he got in there, uh, my, well, Miles kind of got back in front of him, and he got in there, and then I think Shavar faked at him and went back, and then that enabled Walker to get the block. Um, at that point, I'm like, man, maybe we should have fouled. Now it's down <laughs> under five. I'm like, but, you know, everybody has their opinion on how you're supposed to do that at the end of the game, and I, I never thought I would foul. Okay, I'm not that guy. I, I thought it was a, a terrible when guys did it. And then people kept hitting threes, and it's gone the way it's gone. And, you know, so people have changed. I'm still strong on just getting the stop. Okay, get the stop. Because the one time I did do it against Hofstra years yep. ago, it yep. went. It, it couldn't have gone worse. And, and, but nobody, and everybody said, oh, that was the right play. No, it wasn't. If you get the stop, you win the game. And if you're, you're a guy that talks about being a defensive coach, get the stop, all right? 
that's basketball. Basketball is not played on a computer. Basketball is not played by some dude sitting on the side telling you the analytics of it. All right. You got to be out on the court and get the stops. And, you know, that's what we count on. And last night our guys did a, we made a mistake and then our hustle covered for us. And then after that, we did not let them get a good shot off. And that's a credit to those guys communicating on defense. You had some praise for some guys last night that, that might be, uh, you know, not your starters, not your seniors. But first guy I want to talk about is, is Miles Ruth. And he had a sequence where he had a steal, then he threw it ahead and then and passed it back to Walker for a dunk. And then, of course, late in the game, he's able to, to come up with, uh, with the rebound off the Walker block. He didn't give the ball up for the free throws. But he then comes down and, and makes both of them two huge free throws. Um, maybe just a little bit about Miles Ruth and, and what you saw out of him in that game, the, the intensity he brought. Well, Miles, we, we all think Miles is a big-time, big-time player. You know, Miles broke through on our team last year. He's playing a few minutes, and he just kept getting better. And Sam Chaput gets hurt, and then Miles becomes our point guard and kind of got thrown to the wolves as a young, young guy and really held it down and had to probably feel like he was going to have that spot again this year. He, he probably felt like he and Chap would, would really battle it out. And, you know, when you're a kid, you think you're going to win that. And then we get Shavar, and that changes things. And Miles has been tremendous. He hasn't complained one time about Shavar being here. I think both of them being from New Jersey helps. I think Shavar playing at Seton Hall, Miles sees what Shavar brings to our team and how he helps Miles be a better player. So it, it's just it's worked. But Miles is, is a big-time guard. And now that he's not playing as many minutes – he can really get after you defensively and, and get steals, you know, and, and we just – I probably need to find him some more minutes um, because he has grown as a player. Um, but when – and no excuses, but when you have the, the older, older kids, you know, you, you, you err on that side. But Miles has been tremendous because he's kept his head in the right place. And big plays are coming for him the rest of this year as long as he keeps his head in the right place. Another guy I want to talk about kind of broke through last night uh, is, is my man Jarvis. Hmm. Comes in, first touch, you knew he was shooting a three, and he makes it. Um, but really gave some awesome minutes last night. Intensity, so much energy. Jarvis brings a crazy amount of energy even when he's not playing, um, <laughs> for better or worse. But comes in, ton of energy, hits a three, drives to the rim, gets another basket. And you look out there with two, three minutes left, and Jarvis is one of the guys on the floor. How awesome was it for you to see him break out like that last night? Well, we we really know Jarvis can play. And you hit it on the head. His energy is just off the chain. Um, I, I kind of think of Jarvis in, in the same light that I used to think of Jalan. Okay? When Jalan Hornby came here, our team became tough. Okay? We had Justin. We had Josh. Great kids. Micah, awesome dudes, really good players. Jalan had a level of edginess and toughness that we hadn't had here in a long time. And that raised everybody's deal up and, and made Justin and Josh even tougher because Jalan was on our team. That's who Jarvis is. Okay, now Jarvis is a little more wild card because Jarvis let you know. Jalan had grown into the place where he, he didn't have to let you know. Jarvis still wants to let you know. And that's what makes him him, though. And that's why I, be who you are. That That's how I get down. Be who you are. 
And I love who Jarvis is as a kid. I love his family. Um, the things he's gone through to get to this point, that's why he's edgy, okay? And and he needs that edginess to do what he got to do, you know, to fight from where he came from. You, you better have an edginess to you or you don't make it. And Jarvis has made it to Monmouth University, so that's a win already. Now he's in his third year, and really he's still a freshman basketball-wise. So who knows where that can go. Um, but as talented as anybody that we have, okay, we got to get him to slow down on offense just because he hasn't played. If he had played these other years, Jarvis would be in an unbelievable place playing basketball right now. He hasn't been in games so for a long time. So it's it's going to take him a little bit of time for that. But Jarvis is, is definitely skyrocketing uh, up our depth chart to, to be able to, to help us in big-time games. Over the weekend, obviously, a tough weekend for us. And we, we drop a couple of games, St. Peter's and Marist. Come home against Iona um, after a tough Sunday at Marist and a good crowd. And really a, a good college basketball game, all told. Overtime lost Iona. But what did you see in your team that night that made you believe that, you know, the previous weekend, especially the game Maris, was just a fluke and, and the team was really back and ready to roll on Tuesday night? Well, Badge, I, I've tried to, to learn over the years of doing this. Every game is one game, okay? And, and what I've made mistakes on in the past is, you know, when you lose, you don't like it. How you deal with it helps you one way or the other, you know. And earlier in my career, I would overreact when we lost. And you go off and you show them two hours of film of them not doing what they were supposed to, and you just get them and get them. And I don't think that's the way to do it anymore. I, I just I, I don't think that's the way to, to overreact and just keep pounding it into their heads, all the things they didn't do. And it only is one game. Just like when we were winning all those games, they were only one game. They, they count the same, okay? And, you know, I know everybody, fans, and, and even guys on our team, no one likes to lose. But when you lose a game, it's one, <laughs> okay? If you lost by one, it's one game. If you lost by 100, it's one game, okay? So we lost to St. Peter's. The problem in that game, they had all 18 offensive rebounds. We weren't tough enough, okay, in that game. Then quick turnaround, you go up to, to Marist, and here's the other part. Teams that have been practicing are going to beat teams that have not been practicing. Okay? Absolutely. It's yeah. just what it is. They're Absolutely. sharper. We're not. We haven't been practicing. That takes your edge away. That takes your talent, evens it up. All that type of stuff happens. And then you add in John Dunn's a really good coach who they think they have their best team in 50 years right now, 30 years, 25 years right He's now. He's got a talented team. Okay, Absolutely. that's how they feel. And we got caught, <laughs> okay? And then, you know, I have a deal with our guys. Everybody doesn't know what our deal is, but I, I work things out with our kids. And we get to play a certain way on offense when certain things happen on defense. Well, in that game, the things weren't happening on defense, and they still were doing what they wanted on offense. Well, that doesn't work for me, and they know that. And we tried to get them to change it, and that day it just wasn't getting changed. All right, so – you get what you get, and we got what we deserved that day, okay? But it, it hurt us more than it hurt anybody else, 
Okay, we're the ones with our names on it. We're the ones out there playing. I'm the one out there coaching. So if anybody felt bad, you didn't even come close to how bad I felt. <laughs> okay, and how bad these kids felt. All right, so that happens in college basketball. But everybody, when we're winning all those games, we're not the national champs. We're a team that's having some success. Mm -hmm. And that stuff, success comes and goes. You know, how are you going to act when you're winning? Okay, how are you going to act when you're not having the success? And that's the important things for these kids, all right? We can't overreact. And for me, it's great when, when people do overreact and pile on because then now it just gives me a better chance with my kids because now they're going to listen to me more. <clears throat> Nick Saban always talks about the rat poison and all this stuff because they want to hear all the praise. Right. You know, but then when you hear all the praise, you stop doing what you're supposed to do. That's just what happens. That's human nature. And that's why people can't can be consistently great. Okay. And it's just what happens. So we got clubbed up. It didn't feel good. And it felt worse because it came on the back end of 18 offensive rebounds. And right. then you got the Hall of Famer coming in. <laughs> okay. And our kids, the, the, the main part was they had games too. They've been winning them, but they had games. So we were going to be even on people's legs that day just off of. Right. Now they've been practicing. We weren't. But now we've had games. They had games. We go in. Let's see what happens. And the kid Joyner made some big-time plays, hit some threes where, you know, Coach P's a Hall of Famer and had told the kid don't shoot threes for the three prior games, and he didn't. And he's one of the best players in our league. And he just didn't shoot threes because coach told him not to. Well, when you have leadership like that and your best player or one of the best players in the league will not shoot threes because the coach said, and then when it's crunch time of a big-time game, he's a baller, so he jumps up and knocks him down. Credit to them. But you have to look at it and say, you know what? We're one of the best free-throw shooting teams in the country before COVID. Now, all of a sudden, we're not shooting free throws well. Did we just forget how to shoot free throws? <laughs> or we haven't been practicing, and if you don't do your routine all the time, you're not going to be as good. So we'll get that back, too. Mm -hmm. Okay? Well, that's who we are. We're a good free throw shooting team. Some kids that play super hard that play really well together. That's who we are. That's it. When things go the wrong way, that doesn't mean you throw the baby out. You don't do that. Okay? You do not throw it out. You, you keep working with your people. And you keep believing in them, okay? When your kid does something wrong, you don't trade your kid. You don't say, you're not my son. <laughs> you put your arm around them and go, we're going to work through this and get there. So that's what we do. And uh, hopefully that's what the fans will do for our guys. And they showed up for, for Iona, and we gave it a good run. Um, when we get back to making our free throws, and even on our game when we when we play Manhattan, who knows? Like we're a week, week ten days of practice before we're gonna see the mammoth that we were at right. the start of the season. Yep. Okay, so Absolutely. if that's who you're looking to see, you probably shouldn't come the next two weeks. You should come the third week after that because that's when those kids will be looking like who they are all the way. I believe. I'll just get into this with you quickly because I was I was in your press conference the other night and you touched on it a little bit, but over your years here, you, you've coached against a lot of Hall of Famers. How cool is that for you? And is, is that something that you look forward to, you know, maybe in the future you talk to your kids or your grandkids about and say, 
I coached against Roy Williams. I coached against John Calipari, Bill Self. And now you can add Rick Pitino to that list. Is, is that just cool for you to be able to look across the sideline and see a guy who's who's accomplished so much? That's cool for everybody. You know what I mean? When when you get to, you know, I, I'm a competitor. Uh, and I'm competitive. And I, I want to beat you. And I want to come after you and all those things. And when you look down, it's a Hall of Famer. And, and you're preparing. It's like he's one of the best to ever do it. I, I will never be a Hall of Famer. You know what I mean? So you, you look at it and you... And they're Hall of Famers because they're competitive too. And they want to whoop you. Even though they like you as a young coach and all that <laughs> stuff, they want to whoop you bad and let you know, hey, I do this. And, you know, at first, I remember playing SMU, and and Larry Brown is one of my idols in, in this business, and he's a Hall of Famer. And it's like, what can I do to get Coach Brown? Okay, and he's known to prepare, and you don't really get stuff on his defenses. And I was happy, one, that I got to coach against him, but two, I I got a bucket on him on out-of-bounds under. <laughs> okay, because I know he really focused on beating you out-of-bounds under. And that's the one you remember. And I got a bucket on him, like a dunk, lob, banged right on them. <laughs> like, and it was it was awesome. Who had it? Um, I don't even remember who banged <laughs> it, but we banged it right down the middle of the lane, and he got mad. Oh, but that was cool to, to like, we locked heads on one play right there, and I got a Hall of Famer. <laughs> you know, now, if we looked at the whole game, you would see he got me a lot more times than that. You know, and then with Coach Williams, you know, Coach Williams is the one that really spent the time recruiting me and calling my family and talking to me the most, so what he's done in his career and how much he's helped my life and helping me get back into coaching uh, after I left L.A., um, he, he spearheaded me getting back in. So to for him to – and then when I got this job, he, he was the first coach to say, we're playing you and we're going to pay you a nice check. And they brought us down there two times, and, and that's a lot of money for our school. So with Coach Williams – you know, he's he's someone that recruited me and I knew very well that's in the Hall of Fame. Well, I want to beat him too. Um, we outscored him that last time for, for the second half. They whooped us, but we outscored him in the second half. That was really cool. And just being able to play at the University of North Carolina where I played with my boys, and now I was coaching on that floor against the Hall of Famer in Coach Smith's house, pretty cool. Um, the Kansas thing was awesome. Um and and I have to say, being a Carolina guy, I wish I would have, and I just didn't. I never really reached out, but I wish I would have reached out to, to Duke and maybe I played against Coach K just to, to be able to say that you did that. And now Coach K is retiring, and um, Duke is still going to be good, but that's, you know, when an icon like Coach K retires, I missed on that one. That That was bad planning on my part to not even call and see if we could get a game. Um, playing Calipari twice was big time for me because he I got so many letters from Ke Coach Cal when I was a kid when he was at Pittsburgh. So I, I consider him a friend. And he was telling me the whole time I was a head coach that he was going to do that. And then for him to bring us into Madison Square Garden and let us play on that court against Kentucky. And then to bring us to Kentucky the next year because he said he would. And that's where the first game was supposed to be. Most guys don't do that for you. You know, and that's a credit to Cal that he kept his word to me 
Nobody would have known if he didn't, you know. I wouldn't have said anything, but he kept his word to me, and then he went above and beyond. So those things are really big time. Um, I hope it's cool for our fans when we play. Um, we've had some big-time wins. Um, I know we beat Notre Dame the one time, but I remember going out there my first or second year and Mike Bray just really talking to me about being a head coach and you know, telling me he sees a lot of positive things from my team and how hard we played, that we had pretty much the whole Carolina offense and defensive system in. I was a young coach. I thought that's just what you're supposed to have your stuff in. Right. And Mike was like, King, you already got all your stuff in. What are you talking about? You're doing a heck of a job, you know, and he just beat me by 30. And I'm like, don't do that, coach. And he was like, no, King, it takes people a while to get all their stuff in, and you've done that already. And your kids play hard. So, you know, all these trips that we take are awesome. When there's a Hall of Famer on the other end, you you, you know, I don't know if you're going to out-coach them. Like, I, I'm not going to out-coach Coach P, but I'm going to make his kids think, and I'm going to do some things that, that makes him have to go, oh, we have to do this instead of what we thought. And if you can do that enough times, then you give your kids a chance. But I've told everybody in this league, with Coach P on the other end, that's probably 10 points for them, okay? And I don't care who you are, how good you are. Well, I've coached against all these guys. Coach P is different, okay, just who he is as a man and, and how he's gotten down over. He was a head coach at 24, badge. All right, come on Crazy. now. That's that's like no one could do that now. You couldn't even be able. No one would even let yeah. you to get the job. Multiple now. guys on our team there, 24 That's right what now. I mean. He's coaching a team at that age and, and the success he's had. And, you know, he's forgot more stuff about this game than most of us. And, you know, it's a, it's a it's awesome for our league that he's, he's at Iona. Somebody – you know, one of us got got to be able to get get over the hump with them. We've been close a lot of teams, and you know. But I, I call coach and tell him keep leading our league, man. We it, it's better for our league that he's in this and has his team playing the way that he has them playing. Well, I would like to, I would like to get into our uh, our guests today, and I think people are really going to enjoy the the conversation. Uh, coach Rick Callahan, Coach Jamal Meeks, and Coach J.R. Reed will join us right after this on the King and Badger podcast. This is the King and Badger Show as part of the Monmouth Digital Network. And now, here are your hosts, Coach King Rice and Gary the Badger Kowal. Yeah. The ones that hate me the most look Let's just go. like me. Let's go. You tell me what Let's that go. means. Make a slash comment and see what Let's that go. brings. I've seen it go Let's down. Go. We can reenact things. Extreme like BMX sing. Big time show today on the King and Badger podcast. Oh, we yeah. have a big time cast against an all-star crew, if you may, sitting here in the office. We have, obviously, head coach King Rice. I'm here. We also are joined today by Rick Callahan, Jamal Meeks, and J.R. Reed. We're going to have a lot of fun with this one. I'm looking forward to it. I'm excited. Ricky, what do you got? We're here. We're here. <laughs> Is J.R. here? J.R., are you here? Barely. I'm here. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. He didn't up. wake his voice up yet. Voice up. You got to get loose. Get it loose. Is Meeksy here? Yes, I'm here. I'm here. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm excited now, Badge. I'm excited. Got my boys with me. Coach Meeks was using it as a uh, a mic to do music before, so. I was dancing, and, and Meeksy was singing. Is that what it was? Uh, or was he rapping? I'm not really rapper. sure what it was. I'm a rapper. He's a rapper. He's a rapper. 
Yeah. Okay. I'm not really sure what it was. Is he an old school rapper or is he one of the new school rappers? What do you think, Mix? Uh, this is old school. Definitely old school. <laughs> Definitely old school. You're old school guy. Yeah, I only got about three bars, though. It's only three bars. <laughs> okay. Oh, three works. Three works. Uh, awesome to have you guys on today. Um, Coach Rice, this is a crew that really I think you lean on a lot. Been with you for a number of years, especially Ricky. Um, I guess start off with kind of what it's like to be around these dudes all day, every day, and, you know, kind of your three right-hand men right here. Well, just so we can welcome everybody in, um, we sat down a few minutes ago to start the show before we turned the music on, and this is why I love these guys so much, because I'm so fired up. I got them on the show, got my boys with me, and Ricky sits down and goes, hey, guys, today's National Pie Day. <laughs> Like, what? Ricky, we're getting ready to do the podcast, and he's talking about National Pie Day. Priorities, man. Yo, that, that's, why, yo that's why we love Ricky. Ricky going to make sure I bring a pie home. He's going to make sure I bring a pie home for my wife today so, so I could be like, hey, honey, you didn't know today is National Pie Day. So that's why Ricky's always with me because he makes sure that I don't miss National Pie Day. Well, Ricky handles all the food. All the food, <laughs> all of it. And then we got old Uncle Meeks, all right? Uncle Meeks, he's like the, he's like your uncle. That's your boy that always, like, when you were little, he'll be like, hey, little, little Jimmy, come here. Let me uh, go to the store for me. I got some change for you when you get back. And then you get back and your uncle don't give you the change. <laughs> <laughs> he's a pie guy. Yo, ask, ask the players. That's how Meeks do. Meeks, he, he always hook them up. But then sometimes it'll give them, you know, it just don't, it's not there. And then we got Herman Reed Jr. And, um, you know, with Big Perm, he got about 19 nicknames. <laughs> But uh, what he brings to the table is he stands there and makes everybody laugh until Coach Rice gets mad, and then I yell at everybody, and then they go, see, he's crazy, he's crazy. And then, then Big Perm gets mad because I yell at him, and then he walks away and goes and leans up against the wall with his arms crossed. And, and then we go, Jay, what's wrong with you? But, you know, these guys, we've been friends for a long time, and the part that I love the most is that now that we've gotten past our 50s and Ricky's in his 60s, these guys have gotten very sensitive over the years, and I haven't, you know? So I'm still this rough and edgy dude that, that's still raw and ready. And then I got my staff who's gotten sensitive on me, Badge. And, you know, I say something to them, they get all sent. Not Mixy as much. Mixy just look at me with that one hawk eye. <laughs> And that lets me know he's gonna, he's about to get sensitive. So I back off. All right. But truly, these guys these guys do so much for our program, for our university. Just first off, you know who they are as men, as fathers, um, as mentors to our guys. They've lived the life that our guys want to have. Um, they cover everything for these kids. They're, they're people that these guys can look up to. Um, they help them with everything. And really, we, we call it, we, we try to help them with the grown man things. And these are things that they're going to need their whole lives and the important things. And we just try to talk to them. We try to be real with them about things they're going to face in their lives. And then just try to be there and be supportive. And because we're all fathers, I think that gives us a chance um, to help these guys and help, help our former guys and just 
really try to represent the university the way that they brought us here to represent it. Ricky, I kind of want to start with you. You've obviously known Coach since you were, uh, you know, you were a younger coach. You've been around for a while. Um, what's it like now being with, with King for 11 years and, and being by his side here at Monmouth for the entirety of his time? How much growth have you seen in, in him as a person and as a coach? I guess right from his youth, probably a lot of stories there right up until now. Well, we had a lot of great experiences from him since he was in eighth grade. There's no question about that. And, and, and you look back on it and you see as much growth as he's had, I've had just as much growth because of my relationship with him. And it's just been an incredible ride. And, you know, particularly these 11 years here at Monmouth to watch him grow as a head basketball coach, to watch him grow as a, fam a family man, a father, watch him raise his two boys from way back when, when we were in the early 80s, just kind of running around Syracuse, having a great time and not having a care in the world. And now we're... Do you have a care in the world now? Yeah, of course they do. Yeah, of course they do. A couple. I got a couple. I got a couple sensitive things. Specifically speaking to Ricky, there. I got a couple sensitive things left in me. Not many, but a couple. But it's been an unbelievable ride, and I look back on it, and I just can't believe it's a forty-year-long relationship, which is incredible. Not many people have something like that, and it's as close as we've had, and we're gonna got a long, lot more years to go. Get this done, yeah. Hopefully, eventually, take our program to the NCAA tournament and watch these guys grow up as as young men and fathers as, as part of it, and it's great. And I'd like spending time with his two sons. You know, we were just talking the other day. Julian is now at the age that Alexander was when we first got here. Same age. Wow. Yes. That's incredible. That's crazy. And you know, this made me think about it for a couple. You know, I've been thinking I'm about dancing. that. I've been thinking about that for about two weeks since he brought it up. And that, that's incredible. It really is. It's, it's been a great ride. And then doing it with Jr. and, and Meeksy, and Meeksy being probably the best friend of two of the best friends I have, Sean Woods and John Cooper, and never meeting Meeksy before he got here, and we become great friends, best friends, and it's awesome just because I. I know if he's best friends with those two dudes, he's one unbelievable dude. And then I've known Jr. since he was in school, hanging out with King Down Chapel Hill, and have him on the staff the last three years. It's been an incredible run. It's been fun. See, he says all those nice things about Meeksy, and I, I hate to tell him, but Meeksy doesn't like Ricky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Ricky, that, that I have to be the one to tell you. It's good because we have Meeksy. You can comment. Oh, Meeksy! Oh, it's all love. I thought Meeksy left for a minute. I thought I was just gonna tell Ricky that and like see if he would get sensitive on us on, on in front of everybody. But we know I was just joking with that. What's up, Meeks? Hey, what's up, Colt? Did, did didn't your daughter go to school here? Madison graduated from Monmouth here. Uh, dang, is it two years? No, it's been a year. It's been a year. Madison so graduated from here. You're a father of a Monmouth grad? Yes. Yes. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Absolutely. Did she get her smarts from her mom? Definitely from her mom. I, I was figuring Definitely that. I figured that. She kind of got her looks got her from, her from her dad. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say that too, Mixie. I was going to say that. Mom and her cues from her dad. And then with Meeksy, we all know he went to Indiana and played for the legendary coach Bobby Knight. 
But Meeksy, did you, did something happen with Indiana last night? Yes, it did. What, oh, what yes, happened? it did. Yes, it did. I got a whole bunch of friends in the Midwest that are mad. They are mad at Maul right now because I called at 2 in the morning because the Hoosiers beat up on the Boilermakers. Yes, we're happy here. Yes, we're happy on the East Coast for my boys in the Midwest. Yes, the Hoosiers kicked the Boilers. But, yes, I can't but. say the word I want. <laughs> I I think you were post game. We were on the court last night, and Coach Rice was doing interviews with with the radio with Eddie. And Coach Meek comes up to me, and I was about to congratulate him on the win. And he said, "No, no, I need I need you to pull up that Indiana score for me." <laughs> yes, yes. So I pulled it up on my phone, and I think he was at least equally as happy for the Hoosiers win as was our win. I yes, won't say more happy, but day, equally. Bro. It was a double up day. The Hoosiers <laughs> and the Hawks, man, we're killing it. That's a good day for you. Absolutely, Coach Meeks, What uh. What's the transition been like for you? Obviously, you were out of coaching for a little bit. You come back here. Now you've been here for seven. eight, nine years now. Eight seven. years, seven. seven. Okay, Lucky I was. I give you a little too much credit. Yeah, thanks. A little, a little too many years there. But uh, how has it been fitting in with like Ricky said? You guys have some mutual contacts and some mutual people. How's it been? kind of integrating yourself into the staff and now into this community for seven years now. Real easy, bro. <laughs> Real easy when you have good friends and good guys around. Um, couldn't wait to get here. I talked to King on the phone. Um, 2015, I pulled up to the bank. I had been uh, working some kids out and training little young kids in Indianapolis. And happened to call King just on the way to the bank to uh, cash my little check. So I just called King. Hey, King, what's happening? We started talking and started chopping. I'm sitting at the bank, and, and the phone got quiet. So I was like, King. He's like, Meeks, you want to come coach with me at, uh, out here in Jersey? I said, yep. He said, no, nah, man, you got to talk to your wife. I said, I already talked to her. <laughs> she knows. <right? laughs> she already knows. All right? So, so it's an easy decision. Very easy decision. Very easy. You know, and it's very easy when, uh, when you're with a good friend. Uh, King and I have been friends for a long time. We started off coaching around the same time. Uh, he went out to Oregon. Uh, I was at Northwestern. Ended up coming to Illinois State, and we became real close, played against each other in college, uh, and been friends ever since that time. So uh, the opportunity uh, came for me to uh, get a position, and he put me in it, and it's been great ever since. Do either of you remember playing against each other in college? Yeah, I do, Uh, because we got our butt kicked. (laughs) (laughs) See, what I remember, I, I do remember we won the game. But the part that bugged me that Indiana had this dude that his muscles might have been bigger than mine. And I was like, hold up. I'm the point guard that don't got a jumper with the most muscles. And he was like, no, I'm the point guard that don't got a jumper with the most muscles. So we was both point guards with no jumpers with the most muscles trying to guard each other. And fortunately for us that night, we had a few more points than they did. Um and now that that's the start a of a, a, a lifelong <laughs> life lifelong friendship. Um, it was just, more than a few. <laughs> we we might have got the win, uh, but mm, both of us we were in the consolation game, so both of us weren't that happy because we lost and they lost, and we were supposed to have this big time game in the garden, and we were the consolation game. So, but Mixi has a, a I, I've been friends with him for a long time. He was a great player. Um, but watching him just with his family, how he is as a father, 
um, is, has been really cool for me. Um, and then just having a, a close friend that you can, you can let your guard down with and, and talk about life things that are, that are on your mind that, that you might be stressing about. Um, he's been married a long time, just like me. So the, the things that come up as a, a older married guy, you get frustrated and stuff. And Meeksy has a way of, of letting you know, you might've made the problem that you're talking about. <laughs> And we're so close that you can you can have those conversations and and they really lift me up. Not just Meeksy, but Ricky and Jay and you know these guys really care about me and and they try to protect me when I get too mad. You know they're they're always there for me and I, I would not be here without these guys doing the job they do with our kids and with me and with our program. It's just it's really cool to have close close friends with you. JR, Coach Meeks just, just touched on it a little bit of, of how he ended up here, but I'm curious as to if you remember what the conversations were like with King when, when you guys were talking over, over that summer when you decided to make uh, you know, come into college coaching and, and join our staff. Well, I'm going to back up a little bit too, give us some history. You know, King and I go back to, I think, five-star in 85, 86, something like that. So we met there at five-star basketball camp and hit it off a little bit. And, you know, being a big man – you're always looking for a point guard, man. You always want to make friends with a point guard. So I'm, I was a smart player. I like to consider myself a smart player. So if you're going to befriend someone, make sure it's a point guard. He's got great point guard skills. So we hit it off. He had a plan, and I didn't even know. <laughs> I didn't even know, man. Right thought, from day one. I thought he really liked me, guys. I thought he, thought he liked me, man. I didn't even know. I didn't even well, know. We weren't liking personality, first of all. That's how we hit it off in the first place to get there. You just need somebody to get you the ball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, we did. We we both we were similar in personality, and we hit it off at camp. And lo and behold, Carolina was recruiting him real heavy, and uh, came to Carolina and on a visit. And you know, the rest was history. We hit it off. We've been friends since then, and um, just fortunate to have him. Such a tough-minded player. Knew exactly what Coach Smith wanted, and um, you know he got the job done for us. You know I wasn't that was my point guard, and, and enjoyed our time together there at Carolina. And as far as the, as the basketball part, we always talked about maybe the possibility of getting a chance to coach together. And with our, it never linked up the right way earlier on. I went after the NBA. I did eleven years in the NBA and a couple overseas. After I finished, I started doing some broadcasting with the ACC Digital Network. And did some other things, so never really lined up. But at the end here, he gave me a call and said he needed someone to work with his bigs. Would I be interested? And I was talking with the NBA team, trying to get his position with them, and that was kind of just going back and forth. And I called them and asked, and they said they weren't sure yet. And I was like, don't worry about it. I'm going up to, to Monmouth with King Wright. <laughs> so, and I'm just uh, just a little salty that I didn't get into it early because uh, getting a chance to see. I've known how he's grown and developed as a man over the years, and everything that he's overcome and become the man that he has and uh, raising his family the way that he does and uh, taking care of these kids. Um, I'm honest, you know, that he's everything that you want to be in a man and, and everything in a coach that you want your kids to come and be a part of a program with a guy like that. So I've seen how he's developed. And if I ever got an opportunity to be a head coach or I would implement everything the way he hired his staff, he always says, hey, man, 
And coaching is sometimes these situations get tight. You can't have a coach that might get the shaky leg with you. With <laughs> that's what he said. So no shaky leg around yeah, here, no, badge. No, no shaky zero. leg. So you got to have guys you can lean on and really, really trust. And loyalty has been built up with those guys. And I think that's what we have because we've all had relationships beyond basketball. And he know we know each other as men. And we know what he's done for us, giving me an opportunity to coach and following my father's footsteps. My mother's got a chance to see me coach. So I know what he's given me an opportunity to do. And I'm sure Ricky and Meeksy, of course, all have the same type of story on how he's really could have given these gigs to anyone but chose us, man. So I'm fortunate and blessed just to be here and be a part. All right, I'm dancing again because they trying to get it all serious. And we are, this ain't that type, that type of show. It's not that type of show. Not that type of show. See, because now they got all serious. Ricky over here sweating. Ricky over here sweating. Look at him. Let me wipe that brow, Ricky. Let me, let me, let me no, never. Not one time. All right. But, you know, this is, this is what I talk about, that how fortunate we are that we have each other. You know, and Badge, we feel like you're a part of our group with Scombs. And, you know, the Monmouth community has, has been so great to us, you know, since we've been here. Ricky and I, 11, Meeksy on 7, Jay on 5, I, I believe. You know, this area has been so good to us. And, and we love this university. And we want to bring it to new levels and, and get to the back to the tournament and, and just keep graduating everybody and sending these guys out into the world as proud Monmouth alums and, and hopeful that their experience here was so awesome for them that as they go out into the world, they talk about it to people, they come back and see the kids, they donate back to the university when they're capable of doing that. And, and truly, that's how Jay and I feel about North Carolina. That's how Meeks feels about, about Indiana. You know, and you hope that these guys grow into that as they get older and are able to help financially, that their experience was so great that that's what they'll want to do. And I think that's what we've been trying to build since we've been here. Uh, just a pride with, with the school and the area and just everything that Monmouth University does for our guys and, and make sure they understand that and, and lean on it and come back and say thank you for it. It's so true. You mentioned all that, you know, the community and, and these guys are all involved in that too. You see them out in the community and, and recruiting and all of those type of things. I'd like to maybe jog these guys' memories a little bit and Coach Rice, you can jump in if, you, if you'd like, obviously also, but um, we've had a lot of good moments. You talked about getting back to the NCAA tournament, but a lot of positive things have happened in this program outside of making the NCAA tournament. There's big, big wins, graduating players, uh, you know, all kinds of things. If I could maybe have each one of you guys, your best moment, your best game, or the best thing that's happened to you maybe since you've been here at Monmouth, the one thing you look back on with the most fondness or, or something like that. Can you can you say your girlfriend? <laughs> no, we don't. No, I'm just asking. You're not on there. I'm asking Badge. You can say whatever you, can say whatever the you want. The best thing that happened to you while you were here is that you got a girlfriend. Should you say that? Or should, are you just Absolutely. wanting um, – Stuff about basketball. Whatever comes to your head first. Okay, well, I'll, I'll speak to I'll speak on Ricky's behalf. <laughs> Ricky got a girlfriend. <laughs> Ricky got a girlfriend. Ricky got a girlfriend. Coach got no chill. Man. <laughs> <laughs> he's, 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 he's out of control. <laughs> he's out of control. <laughs> he take no chill. Wow. There's nothing sacred. Wow. <laughs> 
I, I don't think there's any one moment to get serious about it, but here, here's what I remember the best out of this whole deal. I remember the first three years we lost 20, 20, and 20. We took it from the NEC to the MAC. I remember him, coach, coming in and, like, open up the door, and he goes, come on, Ricky, we got to go, got to get. So we get in the car. Now, he's on his fourth car since we've been here. Every one of them had 85,000 miles on them. Now, we get in the car, and we would literally stop at 7-Eleven, get a Coke and a Diet Coke, and we would just drive for hours and never go farther south than Asbury Park and never <laughs> more north than Seabright <laughs> and no farther west than, than Route 18. <laughs> and he's got 85,000 miles and we just drive. We just drive up and down Ocean Avenue, drive up and down 18. He goes, Ricky, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if this is going And I say, yo, dude, you, you're as good at this as anybody I've been around. And I've been around a lot of damn good coaches. You know, don't tell me that. I don't want to hear that. And it, it was tough. And then they go all the way through it, and they have the team that we had with Jalon and Micah that won the most games in the history of the school. Um, and that run, that was unbelievable. But for me, I remember those rides, those talks that we had. It was phenomenal, you know, and it was just great. And he would do th- – we lost 20, 20, 20, and maybe had done as good a coaching job in those three years than any three years ever. And then, you know, the thing that stood out to me last night that nobody's even really talking about, during the timeout, we needed that. We needed a score late in the game. And the dunk that he, the play that he designed to get Walker to dunk was phenomenal. And John Gaffney, who's a longtime ACC Big Ten referee, he's done, might have done a couple Final Fours, but I know he's done deep in the NCAA tournament. He turned around and said, I live for this. And he turned around and said to the coach, how long have you had that play in your back pocket? And to come out of the timeout and get a bucket in that situation was – there's so much other things going to coaching, but from a basketball standpoint, what he did last night to get that that, that basket and diagram that play, that was phenomenal. And I just look about – those things stick out in, in my mind. And, and it was just a it, – you know, it's awesome. I can't even put into words – what that relationship is to be no, honest. No, well, because Ricky, that, that it surprises people because you guys know we don't we don't draw up any plays. We we don't do any in game adjustments. <laughs> yeah, we don't take timeouts. We, we don't do none of that stuff. I, we don't do I any timeouts. Throw the ball out, yeah. let them play. play. You know, and then we get beat by a lot, and everybody <laughs> piles on and says that I don't know what I'm doing and all this stuff. And it's like, guys. We really do this. We're, we're not kids. We're, we're grown-ups, okay? We got families. We, we really, really care, and this is all we do. So, you know, we, we have things that, that we can come up with, too, and, you know, I appreciate Ricky saying that. But, Ricky, you don't got to tell everything, man. I, I didn't mean to tell everybody you had a girlfriend. <laughs> you didn't have to tell them. But I, wait, wait, I, I, keep I, I, I drove Nope, I, I, I drove I'm very fortunate. Way. Carol's awesome, and we have a great experience, and the way we met was phenomenal. It was just great. But I do appreciate you bringing Who's that Carol? up. Who's Carol? Who's <laughs> Carol? I heard you try to slide that uh, in. Is that yeah, your yeah, girlfriend's yeah. name? Is that her name? <laughs> yeah, that's her okay, name. I just everybody knows. Sure. Everybody knows her name. No, I, I yeah. Okay, yeah. Carol is her name. Yeah. See, no, because I know a lady named Miss Carol. Is that the same person? <laughs> 
That's the one that's your girlfriend? Yeah. That's her? Yep, yep. That's the one. That's the one. You got it. You got it. That's the one. Yep. She's gonna. She's a saint. She's a saint. She's a saint. Miss Carol, wherever you are right now, you are a saint. From Mammoth Basketball. Ay, ay, ay. Okay, does anybody else have a girlfriend in the group? <laughs> uh, I'm married. I've, I've been married for 26 years, oh, Macy, 25 years. Macy's been, been married, to, and your wife's name is uh, Beth Meeks. Beth, yeah. Mama Meeks. Mama Meeks. We've been uh, okay 25 years. And then, do you have any other kids besides have, your daughter uh, that graduated? I have from a here? daughter, Madison. She's 23. That graduated from Monmouth. I have a 20 year old son, uh, Sam Samuel, uh, who's our model. And then I have a young. Uh, I call him the young, uh, young bull. He's uh, my 6'6", 190-pound. Uh, oh, he might be 200 now. 200-pound uh, uh, sophomore at Red Bank Catholic High School. So, uh, Well, I'm going to try to recruit. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to talk to his dad so I could try to recruit him someday. Um, but I don't want to break any rules. So, Meeksy, I'm, I'm going to take you out to dinner in a couple of minutes. <laughs> All right. So, so we can maybe just, you're on my staff, maybe we can go to dinner and I'll slide you a little extra. Hey. So maybe your son will be interested in, in mommy. <laughs> maybe we can get that done. Is that a violation badge? Can I, I, I know, get, I'm not the can compliance I induce, guy. <laughs> can I induce uh, Meeksy and his family? <laughs> oh, oh, I can't ask badge. Badge might have some I don't know any of those He's, answers. <laughs> Okay, uh, is anybody else in the room might have a girlfriend? <laughs> no, we Jr. does not I'm have a girlfriend. Bachelor, everybody, bachelor, I, yeah, and I'm, I'm I'm single. Jr. once told me that that he and I were these young stallions that used to roam and do all this stuff together, and we were wild stallions that in could never be tamed. And now Jay told me that I'm the old mule in the pasture. <laughs> he said my back is slumped. I don't have fun anymore. He said I never leave the house. He's been trying to get me to go to Jamaica, Costa Rica, England, a couple other spots. <laughs> See, guys, I, I, I drove so much in those first years that now I, I just don't go out the house. <laughs> I stay home all the time just to be with my family instead of going driving all the time. <laughs> um, Jay, you sure about the girlfriend thing? I just yeah, I just want to make sure you say, you're you good. I'm still good. Ricky's, let Ricky be the only one. We, I'm good. Okay. Is there any hand-holding going on in town? No, anything no, like that? No, none of that. <laughs> See, no, because I, I'm, I'm always I'm always Whoa. amazed. I'm always amazed by these these grown dudes that that are single. You know what I mean? I've been married. Me and Mixie have been married so long. It's just that's what we are. We're married. It is what that's how it is. We got the greatest wives and all that kind of type of stuff. But it is amazing when you got friends that are single. <laughs> It's amazing. It really is amazing. See, now JR's <laughs> dancing, everybody. <laughs> now, hey, y'all, I'm there. <laughs> hey, 
AJ, it's amazing how they want to live vicariously through you and I. You know that? What's they that? just want to live vicariously through you that's and I. It, that's man. That's all the coach does. It's amazing. That's what I love. What I do every day, Ricky. What I, hey, Ricky, where are we going to eat tonight? Ricky, right. where are we going? We got a hell of a game. Go, Ricky okay. goes out and eats probably every other night at a five-star restaurant. <laughs> I always ask him where the fish meal is. He knows where the deal is every week. That's my, I live through Ricky Callahan. <laughs> <laughs> So, if you have a kid that can hoop, send them to us. <laughs> we'll raise them up for you, everybody. We'll get your kid right over here at Mammoth. <laughs> I knew this one was going to be fun, Bad. It's a good one. I, I, I knew it was going to be fun. It's a, it's a good one. So, everybody knows who we really are. And, and I, we probably need to get these guys out there more just because their stories in itself, you know, their stories, what they've done in their lives and who they are as men and, and you know, what they bring to this university. You know, JR, JR was, was the biggest college basketball star when I was in school, you know, and people always ask me about Jay and anytime you go somewhere with him and, and it's a credit to his whole family, just who he is as a guy, how he carries himself you know, to have the success that he had on the basketball court. But what people don't know, he was a really good student. Um, he's a great friend. Um, he's always there for you. Um, when I was in school, he always looked out for me. Um, any chance he had, he, he was like a big brother, you know, so that, that he's here with us and, and these kids, you know, they pull up pictures of when he played because they don't know. And they still don't. They talk junk to him like they would be able to do something. <laughs> and it's like, guys, he would have beat all of you one-on-one, -on -one, okay, because that's what he used to do to us. And and that's the thing. You know, Ricky and Jay work well, well together. But I, I think the thing with Jay is Jay wants to be a part of it. He doesn't want to be the guy that everybody's saying, oh, JR's doing it. No, Jay's a team guy. And, and he brings – he adds a lot to our – for our kids – and our staff, and, and you can see we fit together well. Um, and that's a credit to these guys because they come with me and we have to get along no matter what. Even in disagreements, we got to work it out quickly and get it there, uh, get it back on course. And, and because of the men that these guys are, we usually get it back pretty quickly. And then with Meeksy, you know, Meeksy almost plays as security because I'm, I'm such a wild card when uh, when we lose or if I'm mad. And, you know, I give Meeksy a workout because I might start walking real fast and I might hit a quick jog and then stop and go back. And <laughs> then I might be yelling at somebody. And Meeksy be like, come on, coach. We're not doing that today, coach. Come on, come on, coach. Uncle Meeks, okay? I told y'all at the start. He's like my uncle. He's still, but he don't ever give me the change at the end of the after I do what I'm supposed to. He don't never hand me no quarter or nothing. You don't he, have a cooler with the cold sodas in his truck? Nah, he used to. He, used to, he, he might hand me a piece of gum. He might hand me a piece of gum. It makes he got the coolest gum. He, gum oh, holder. Oh, oh, oh. I didn't even know you could get a gum holder. That's how cool That's Uncle Meeks is. Levels to this. That's how cool. Yo, he be, okay, be like, levels to OG, this. you got some gum? He be like, you know I do. And he pull out this thing like it's a wallet. And they snap it. And the hood, the top comes off. And then he be pulling out pieces of juicy fruit and, and spearmint and where'd all Where'd you get that from? I told you it's levels to this game. He can't, he can't tell you all the information. Hey, everything is everybody <laughs> have one. Oh, man. oh, I'm the dude with that. Come on, stay in your lane. <laughs> but um, everybody, I, I just I wanted y'all to hear from these guys, and you know, I'm the lucky one. 
I'm the lucky one that these guys have been in my life for the, the amount of time they have. Um, I love these guys. I know they love me. Um, and we're, we're going to work and work and work until we get this thing where we want it to get to and really just try to represent Monmouth to the best of our abilities every single day, all the time, wins and losses, do what we're supposed to do to represent this university. And, you know, this is our 11th year, so we're, we're, and we're signed up for a while. So we're going to keep doing it and keep doing it. And, and one of these years, it's going to break our way. Yep. It's just what's going to happen. And <clears throat> nobody, okay, I, you could be a mama fan for since mama started. Nobody wants that more than me, okay? And I'm not going to say I want it more than other people because you can't say that. But no one wants Mammoth basketball to win and get in the NCAA tournament and do some things more than me. And nobody works at it more than us okay this is what we do we're everyday guys we don't take days off when when we lose we're there early um and we come right back after it get right back on and go after it and try to fix the mistakes we've been making and uh but then we also love the kids even when we don't perform to our best abilities we don't just love them when we're winning we don't just love them when they're getting a's in the classroom we love them when they get in trouble. We love them when they miss class. We love them when they do the wrong thing. We love them when they're late for the bus. We love them when I don't coach well enough and we lose. We just love these kids, and we're going to give them our all all the time, just like we do for the school and just like we do for our fans. And we appreciate our fans because you guys have been there with us the whole time. And I know Mammoth wants it. Stay with us, and we're going to get there together. JR, curious to get your thoughts on uh, working with our big men. I know that's been a, a key point. That's what kind of what Coach Rice brought you in for. But what's that been like for you, just having the variety of guys we've had over these last couple of years that you've been able to work with? And, and what do you kind of try to impart on them with, with as much experience as you have in the game? Oh, man, it's been just the opportunity to work with young people, you know, who are thirsty for knowledge and uh, want to learn. And an uh, interesting part for me is that how – you know, uh, all players aren't the same uh, offensively, big guys in the post, so you can't teach them all the same way. Some guys have stronger attributes in certain things than others do, and that's so you try to find things that they can do that fits into their skill set. You know, I'm not going to have a guy that doesn't have really good footwork and try to show him moves that you need really good footwork to do. So, um, you know, just trying to bridge that gap and give players what they need as long as well as get get what we need from them as well as from as coaches, you know, it's been a lot of fun for me. And um, all the guys from Big Sam to Diego to all the guys we have now, Jarvis, Jarvis and Big Walker, um, I, I think for sure this, this year's team is very highly skilled. And um, Big Miles, um, who's really good in the post, um, I told him when he first got here, he, he has a lot of – a lot of the moves that I had coming into college. And I said, now we just got to get you to focus in and come with us 100% on wanting to be a better basketball player. And he's made strides this year. I think it showed in his play. And I think that it's really showed in our, you know, in our, in our record. And, um, of course, working with Walker this year has been a lot of fun. You know, he didn't get an opportunity to play at, at Carolina where he might have probably could have played a few more minutes there. But for a kid to come in here – and the buy-in 
You know, he's leaving the University of North Carolina. He comes to Monmouth, and he's bought in the whole time. And he's such a fabulous young man who plays hard, who gets along with everyone. He's respectful. And that's the type of guy, and it's easy to like someone like, like that. It's easy to work with a big guy that wants to get better. It's easy to work with someone who's likable and is a good teammate. You know, and those are the type of players that Coach Rice has brought here, and he realizes what type of teams he wants and what he needs. You know, we try to go out and find those players, and um, it's just been so much fun to play with guys who play hard and are willing to learn. Well, that kind of parlays me right in my next point. Um, I think something that fans and people on the outside really – like to know about and talk about is recruiting. You just talked about bringing in that, that high level of kid, both on the court but also off the court. And maybe we go to Coach Meeks with this one, but maybe your, your philosophy on recruiting as far as obviously basketball talent, but off the court. And we're trying to get guys graduated here and get guys that are really bought into what we do. So how do you go about that when you, when you go on the road as far as balancing both basketball but also all the other things that come into it? Well, you just got to ask a lot of questions. Um, you know, for us, uh, Monmouth is a great place. Uh, the environment's awesome. So, uh, for us, we want to bring the right kids here. Um, of course, we want to bring the right players and the really good players. But you got to have guys, you want to get players that fit what we're doing here. I mean, um, we got a great group of guys. So, you don't want to bring some – wildcat from some wild place to bring him here to this group when we have everybody that's, uh, you know, that's that's going in the right direction. So uh, it's a lot of questions that are asked. Uh, we do that a lot through all the coaches uh, from our whole staff, uh, calling people, just trying to find out the information. You know, because we definitely want the right kids here uh, and make sure that, uh, you know, we're not bringing some – you know, some crazy man to our campus to disrupt what we built. So uh, definitely, definitely do a lot of question asking just to make sure that, you know, guys are the right fit for us. You feel the same way about that, Ricky, as far as recruiting goes? Yeah, absolutely. Mammoth is not for everybody, but it's great for the right kid, for the great young man who wants to be here and, and go to school and compete at the highest level he can possibly compete at. We'll play anybody. We'll play high majors. We'll play anybody. We've got a, a, a great competitive league. Um, and, and, you know, we have a little bit different philosophy about recruiting. Um, we spend a lot of time getting to know young people that we're trying to recruit and to bring to Monmouth. Coach Rice wants to spend a lot, a lot of time visiting with their parents because we need their help to get them through the next four years. So it's very important that we sit down and do eye-to-eye contact and sit down and visit with both their parents and the young man and ha- ask some tough questions about what what do you want to do with your life. And then we talk about what we can do and how we can help you and then how the parents can help us. So many people on the first day they could call, you got people calling 200 kids and they're offering 120 kids, and if everybody took their scholarship, they'd be a football team. You know, we've got three a year, four a year, and and they're valuable, and they're important, and this is a very special place, Monmouth, and we don't take that lightly. And every decision we make to bring a young man here is a very critical decision on our part. We spend a lot of time doing it, and we take a lot of time getting to know those people who we do extend offers to. And Coach Rice is great at visiting with people. 
And once we find people that we like, we're, we have a great success rate. We don't bring in, I don't, I don't even remember or know how many official visits we're allowed to have anymore because we never get that close. Yeah, you know, it's something like 14 official visits or, you know, a year. We might bring in two a year, three a year. And then two of them already committed before they do their official visit because we've already done the homework and that young man's been here three or four times and we've really gotten to know. So it's those things are very, very important. And um, that doesn't mean you won't have some bumps. That doesn't mean we don't need a lot of help from the parents. And uh, But this is a really special place. And I, I'll tell you this. I've been fortunate to be at some very good basketball programs and some good schools. I've never had more fun than the 11 years I've had here at Monmouth, and, and it's just such a, a great place to bring students and young men. It's a nurturing place. Uh, people care here. Professors care. Dining hall people care. People who take care of the grounds care. It, it's an awesome place. The administration cares. Our athletic people support people in the athletic department care, and, and it's just a great environment for young people to come if they're fortunate enough to be offered a scholarship to come to Monmouth. I can back that up. I've been here for entirely too long. So um, Monmouth, <laughs> it really is a good place. I can uh, I can get behind that. Uh, Ricky, you mentioned a little bit about not afraid to play anybody, and we've talked to Coach Rice a little bit on this podcast about that, and he's, no secret, we will pretty much play anybody. Can you maybe briefly give our audience a, a background on scheduling? I know you handle a lot of that with, with Coach Rice for our program. Uh kind of how it works and, and how you go about putting together a schedule. I know it's it's not easy, especially the more success you have, um, but how you balance high major games, home games, specific dates, uh, you know, just a brief kind of overview of maybe how you go about that. Well, it is an inexact science. There's no question about that. And it it's getting more difficult every year. And obviously the more success you have, the more difficult it is to schedule. Um, we try and play a very competitive non-league, non-conference schedule, uh, but not everybody will play us anymore. When we first got here, people were calling us. You want to play? You want to play? Well, we got a great guarantee. Now, I, I don't even remember the last time somebody called us and said, hey, do you need a guarantee game? We'd love to have you. I, I can't remember that call. So we go out. You know, begin, we're starting to do that right now. So when you first start each year, you try and get your MTE first because they're the most difficult and they're more uh, constraining in terms of their dates. So you got to get them in there. And then you fill in your home games that you got coming back to your place. You try and find three or four other non-conference high major schools to go play. That makes sense. Um, we'd love to bring... You get an opportunity to bring Jamal Meeks back to Indiana. I think that would be awesome to do. And we're throwing out some feelers there. We got to go back to Colgate uh, because they came here. And maybe, you know, maybe we get an opportunity to go up there and play Syracuse one more time. I'm kind of tired of going up there, to be honest with you. But <laughs> last your, time we went up there, he dropped spot. 51 on us. You know, <laughs> hey. Yeah, I wasn't there. Yeah, coach wasn't there. He, he didn't experience it. That's why he wants to go back, and I don't. <laughs> So, you know, we're going to play an MTE. It's not official yet, but we're going to play an MTE down in Asheville, North Carolina. Hopefully we can maybe get a, a, a piggyback that with somebody like Wake or Duke or, or, or you know, a, a high major that's close that makes sense. 
and uh, then just build around it. And obviously, we wanted it, we've got so many good local schools here. You know, we want to do home and homes with all the local schools that make sense to do that. And uh, it's an inexact science, and it gets harder and harder, and the guarantees are getting more and more difficult to get. But uh, we'll figure it out. We'll get it done. I trust you. Yep. Well, Coach, I think uh, this has been this has been a lot of fun. This has been informative. It's been it's been entertaining. And these are your guys. I got to say, from my perspective, working with these dudes every day, and on top of you know Josh James and Chris Schifano to fill out your staff is awesome for me. Um, you guys have welcomed me in, so it's it's just been a pleasure to work with these guys, and and I love being around them. So, well, I don't. <laughs> yeah, not, not jig as much. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I don't. Um, no badge. That's why we. I wanted to bring these guys on just so people can get to know them even more. We probably should put them out front uh, a lot more. Um, I know Ricky goes up and does the blue white thing. Ricky, you want to you want to do that right now and yell into the microphone? No, I was just joking. You don't want him. To we do are that. good on that, Ricky. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> but truly, thank you to you guys for for coming in and doing this, especially on short notice today. I called him about quarter to eleven. Said, "Hey, twelve o'clock, guys, we're on." <laughs> Ricky was like, "I'm still asleep, man." I said, "You sound more tired than me, Ricky. You sound exactly how I sound." We had a late night last I'll night. I'll bet yeah, you Ricky Jr. Was. sounds worse than us. <laughs> I was the winner on that one. <laughs> and Meeksy just over there quiet playing with his phone. Right, we we gonna leave Meeksy alone because because he's my uncle. He's Uncle Meeks, and he might he might. He might give me a quarter next time. That was, that was a long day. <laughs> it, was. it was a long that, that, day. That was a long day. Yeah. But, hey. Felt good to get back. Get that W. Yeah. Felt good to get back. And and the part that was cool is I, it, you could see the kids just like, whew. So it's, it's really been hard on them, you know, just not winning for a few days, you know, longer than a three, four games. And just how long it's been since they had that, that winning feeling and, you know, coming off of having COVID after Christmas and all that stuff, you could see it was weighing on them. And after that game, you could see the relief on their faces, on their bodies. And, and now today they have a day off, and then we'll get ready for Manhattan tomorrow. Well, I appreciate you guys. Um, we will wrap this one up shortly, Coach and I, but uh, awesome to have you guys on. Love being around you every day. And uh, personally, I think Monmouth community is uh, – in a good place with the coaching staff we have here. So thank you guys for taking some time out of an off day to jump on here. Yo, hit that music. Hit that music. Hit that music. We love you. Appreciate you guys. Up on the key, the car gon' start up. I lost some members at the early age, let me start up. Chop a gang of bandit sticks and drop. Wrapping things up here on another edition of the King and Badger podcast. Coach, uh, unbelievable conversation with, with your staff there. Uh, being around those guys every day infects his energy. Well, I just hope uh, 
we didn't embarrass anybody's uh, girlfriend because <laughs> uh, maybe maybe I, when I did that, I, I was, like, trying to pick on my man. But maybe his girlfriend don't want anybody to know. Maybe. I'm like, man, I should have checked. I should have checked before <laughs> I put Ricky on blast because maybe maybe Miss Carol didn't. was like, oh, my goodness, now people know that I date Ricky. <laughs> All right, so... I, I but I usually don't ask for permission, so I just put it out there and I thought it was really, really a fun, fun show. These guys are awesome. Um, we're together all the time and we have a lot of fun, but we, we truly get after it and we throw ideas off of each other. And being close friends and being around this game for our whole lives, it's amazing how differently we we see certain parts of the game. And, you know, I want to do it this way. Ricky's way over there sometimes. <laughs> Mixie be like, man, we need to be solid. JR be like, oh, y'all crazy. We should be doing this. <laughs> and then I get to pick which one we do. So it's it's been awesome for me. And as Ricky said, you know, I'm, I'm so fortunate that I have the people around me that I do um, <clears throat> because these guys truly care about my family and, and these kids, and they represent me and everybody around here so well. And then when when we're down, we have I have a built-in group to talk to, you know. So usually my mental health is going to be pretty good because I have my some of my best friends that I can get all my stress and fears and worries off of me with people that really care and can help me get through them. And you can let your guard down and. Jamal Meeks has helped me so much at being a better father, just watching him um, and how he's gone through some things that I'm dealing with and, and how he maneuvered and that we have this relationship that we can talk about it is, you know, it just helps us. And, and I wish everybody had that. I wish everybody had a group of people that you can just sit there with and let your guard down and make sure that each other are okay. And that's the thing that I, I love the most and that, you know, with Jr., you know, me and Jay were together at 18 years old. Hanging and having fun was going to rule the world. And now as 53-year-old guys, we get to be around each other. You know, everybody doesn't get to do that with one of your closest friends. And, you know, we have some awesome conversations late at night just about things that we talked about when we were kids, about his father, about my father, about similarities and how we got raised and, you know, just a lot of things that as a 53-year-old man and Jay's 53 also, you don't get to share with a lot of people. And, you know, it's just funny because I tell them all the time, who would have thought, Jay, that King Rice and J.R.E., on a Friday night would be home by nine o'clock. <laughs> I said we would have lost all our money if we would have made that bet back when we was twenty, man. We would have we would have not have nothing right now because if someone would have said, When y'all fifty three on a Friday night, y'all gonna be sitting in the house, we would have we would have bet everything we had that that was never gonna happen and now that's who we are. So it's it, it's been a, a awesome run and I'm lucky to have these dudes with me. People also need to understand that the people that aren't in college athletics is the time commitment is so much. You, you can't recruit and coach and travel and spend time in the office and game plan and watch film and scout and and have meals and the whole thing without being around people that you like being around. You would drive yourself crazy. You, For sure. You have to be around <laughs> people you, you like being around. You would go nuts. So um, you, you've really hit hit a home run with the staff. Since you've been here, but really with these with these three guys, um, awesome to have them around. 
think uh, I think we're gonna wrap this one up. This has been a fun episode and uh, and and a good time as always. And uh, we'll check in with you next week. We got Manhattan on Sunday. And then uh, finally, you'll have a couple of days to maybe get some practice in. We're definitely going to get some practice <laughs> in. Um, but I, I, I'm, I just want people to come out and enjoy the games. All right? Come and cheer as hard as you can, man. Pull for these kids. And, and just get out the house. Okay? Have your mask on, all that. Just so you can get out and enjoy some things. And, and be with friends and family at a great atmosphere. And just to try to enjoy every day, <laughs> you know, because we've all been through this. This COVID for I saw is two years today or some when we had our first first case of COVID in the United States, and it's um, you know, all of us want to get back to to fun things and come on out to a Mammoth basketball game and cheer for these young men because we got a super good group, and I think special things can happen for this group. Wrapping things up here on another edition of the King and Badger podcast. We look forward to uh, talking to you guys next week. Let's get it. Yeah, over, tell them God up Double tap the button up on the key The car gon' start up I lost some members at an early age They let me start up Chop a gang of bandit sticks and drums When we march up I just crossed another Yeah, over, tell them God up Double tap the button up on the key The car gon' start up I lost some members at an early age They let me start up Chop a gang of bandit sticks and drums When we march up Keep clutching my five stick We check the channel, yo don't see me leave outside the house without my helmet. No. And my little is banging shots, the gang in Alabama. Hey, they let me squeeze a cherry clip, hold a banana.